0: Hi everyone, this is Lindsay, one of the hosts of Yield Crime. Just wanted to give you a heads up that since you were listening to an earlier episode of Yield Crime, you may notice that the audio quality isn't the best. It does get better, I promise. If you are willing to stick with it, great. If you'd rather start with better quality audio, I would suggest skipping ahead to episode 19 when we purchased newer, better audio equipment. And on that note, thank you for listening and on with the show.
1: The world is a confusing, stressful, and often frightening place. And we each have our own unique coping mechanisms that help us get by. Some people will tell you that when life gives you lemons, you should make lemonade. No, that's terrible advice. Just randomly getting free fruit is extremely suspicious. Haven't you heard of Snow White? That's actually uh, a really good point. It's usually not a great idea to consume anything if you're not totally sure what's in it. If you're the type of person who copes with discomfort by making strange jokes and who enjoys losing yourself in a creepy and sometimes bloody mystery please join us for our dark comedy podcast, Studying Scarlet. We alternate weekly between true crime and fictional crime, and we even take listener requests for episode topics. So if you too have a morbid sense of humor, we'd love to welcome you into our weird, quirky, and sometimes disturbing world. Studying Scarlet is available on your favorite podcast app, and you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We can't wait to meet you. Please subscribe today.
0: Hello and welcome to Yield Crime, where we discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear. I'm your host, Lindsay Valenti, and with me is my sister and co-host, Maddie Sangle. How's it going? It goes.
2: The weekend's almost done.
0: Yes, it is almost done. <sighs> womp womp. Womp womp. So you want to hear a fun fact? I do. We are currently number seven on the true crime charts in kuwait
2: wow shout out to kuwait right so a huge shout out to our fans over there
0: we think you're amazing and are so honored that you like us
2: that's so funny yeah like why are you still listening thanks for sticking around after
0: the long pig episode yeah either you haven't gotten there yet or you really dicked it either way thanks fam yeah all right. I have told you literally nothing about this week's topic. I have no idea. Again. I figured since we did a cannibal episode recently and a super creepy ventriloquist episode recently. Demon stomach. Yeah, demon stomachs. That I would be gentle on y'all this week. And we're covering um, a female pirate. A female pirate? Mm -hmm. Is this the Scottish one? No. This one is actually not only a female pirate. But she is a person of color.
2: Nice. Are you ever going to do the one that we're related to, the pirate? Yes, I am. We're related
0: to a pirate. A female pirate. A lady pirate. A bonnie female pirate. But cool.
2: Yeah. Female pirate of color. That's awesome. Is she from... Oh, I'll just listen. Sorry. It's okay. I want all of the answers.
0: We are going to be discussing the story of Shi, who is the terror of the Southern China Seas.
2: Ooh. She's got a nice name.
0: Mm-hmm. Smooth. Yep. And I Google translated all of these
2: names because I didn't want to screw them up. Still might end up in the cubby, but uh, good luck. <laughs> so if I still screw them up, I apologize in
0: advance because I'm an uncultured white lady. So information for this episode is pulled from the following sources. A 2019 Thought Co. article by Callie Stepanski. I looked that up too. Hopefully I said it right. Probably did not. You ruined it. I ruined it. (laughs) A 2019 History Daily article. 2018 Ancient Origins article by M.R. Reese. A 2012 Today I Found Out article by Davin Hiskey. And the Way of the Pirates website. Rejected Princess's website
2: and Wikipedia. Of course. Donate to
0: Wikipedia. You should. This is awesome. Yep. Yeah. And I'll have links to all of these articles in the show notes. So, Xingxi was born in 1775. She's just a year older than America. Right? Oh. Yeah. Uh, she was also known as Cheng e Sao. And today we're going to go over her history, her ascension to the leadership of a pirate ship, and her life prior to her death. So, not a whole lot is known about her early life other than the fact that she was born as Shi Yang in 1775 in the Guangdong province of China. And she worked as a Cantonese sex worker turned madam that went by the nickname of Shi Huran Hu. And she worked in a floating brothel in Guangzhou. What's a floating brothel? It's basically just like a brothel on a ship. Got it. That makes sense. So you would just dock on up to the ship and come on aboard and do your fun stuff and then get back on your ship and float
2: on away. I love how she started as a sex worker and was like, no, I'm better suited for management and then just became a madam. Yep. (laughs) She's like, you know, I don't like customer service. I think I'm just going to be a manager. And she uses that
0: type of um, attitude to her advantage yeah. later on in life. So you're going to oh, yeah. see a lot
2: of that recurring here. She's ready for Karen's before Karen even existed. Right. In 1801,
0: she married a man by the name of Chang Ai, who was a notorious pirate. Nice. And Chang Ai came from a long line of pirates that could trace their roots back to the mid 17th century. Dang. In fact, he was so well known that the emperor gave him the title of Golden Dragon of the Imperial Staff. Thank you. I don't I mean it sounds really fancy. It so. sounds really
2: cool, but like I think I think they lost me at staff. Like yeah. do golden dragons need staffs? Maybe. And it said
0: that Xingxi was known for her shrewd business sense. Nice. And the fact that she would trade the secrets of her wealthy and political clientele over pillow talk.
2: Oh, she's a big old softie. Right. And also a gossip. Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You pay me money for this gossip. Let's talk. Chang Ai knew a good thing when he saw it. And he proposed to her so they could, quote, consolidate their efforts, as it were, for financial gain. Hell Yeah. Xingxi agreed only after Cheng Ai signed a formal contract that entitled her to 50% control and share of the spoils
2: they would earn during their adventures. So she invented the prenup? Is that what you're telling me? Pretty much, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, our she girl is invented smart. invented the prenup. hmm With a pirate. Those girls don't fuck around, man. Damn.
0: Following their marriage... Shang-Chi Qi went by the name of cheng Aisao, sao which translates to wife of Cheng-Ai.
2: Mm.
0: And that's just kind of... Like what you did? What they did. What you did at that time. Mm-hmm. They later adopted a son named Zhang-Po, who was 15 at the time that Chang ai originally abducted him in
2: 1798. So adopt is loose. <laughs> it's a loose, it's a loose, loose a- definition of adopt. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take you. I'm going to take you now. <laughs> yep. Apparently Chang Po was a farm
0: boy that okay. he abducted. And his natural talent for piracy allowed him to swiftly rise to the ranks of Ai's crew. And upon his adoption, he became Ai's legal heir. Uh-oh. How does this mess with the prenup? I don't know. But I also read in some place. Does he get the staff? I hope he gets the staff. This is mine. It's a guy thing. (laughs) I'm a dragon. Well, and apparently on a lot of sites that I referenced, he was also apparently Chang'e's lover,
2: which is a whole other thing. So this is getting into like some weird like Woody Allen-esque shit. Yeah, it's kind of, I don't know. But I mean, if he married, if he married her for like business purposes. And I suppose
0: it gets really lonely on the high seas.
2: Yeah. You're just a bunch of dudes on a boat. I don't know. Yeah, but stuff's bound to happen. No judgment. Mm -mm. Do what you need to do. Yep. So during their marriage,
0: Cheng Aisao bore her husband two sons, Cheng Yingxi and Cheng
2: Hungxi. Okay.
0: And this is the first and the last time you're ever going to hear of them ever again in this story.
2: Okay, good. So like nothing hopefully weird happened to them. Yeah, I have no idea what happened to them after this. No
0: clue. So for the best. So the power couple quickly grew from uh, an armada of 200 ships to more than 600. Kid Game of Thrones. Yep. And eventually to as many as 17 to 1800.
2: This is just them, like, it's independent business owners kind of Pretty a thing. Pretty much. Wow. They formed
0: lots of key alliances, such as wow. the Cantonese Pirate Coalition with Pirate Wu Shier.
2: So they're pro-union yep, they' very unionized. Good.
0: And using his military prowess and reputation, Chang mm-hmm. Ai was able to find former rival Cantonese pirate fleets and form alliances with them.
2: Nice. seems
0: hard. Yeah. And the couple formed a massive coalition by unifying small gangs into a federation of seventy thousand men and four hundred junk ships. And I looked up what a junk is because I didn't quite know. Yeah. And it's a type of Chinese sailing ship, and it's characterized by the type of sails. So they're fully battened sails. Okay. And I'm not a nautical person, so that's as far as I took it. Because I was like, I'm not going to understand any of the rest of it. So... It's fair. I'll post pictures of what they looked like.
2: Wow. So like they were basically running their own like community at that point.
0: Yeah. They were pretty much forming their own... like. World? Community of pirates, yeah. Wow. By 1804, they were one of the most powerful pirate fleets in the whole of China. They had six fleets that were known by colors. So they were blue, red, green, black, white, and yellow. But they went by the name of their lead ship, so they were called the Red Flag Fleet.
2: (laughs) Okay. Did the colors probably... Very like depending on like what type of ship or like cargo it had. I'm not quite sure. Or did they just like, I like the black color? (laughs) I'm I'm not quite sure. I
0: didn't see that in any of the research on like what Hmm. the denomination was, like why you'd be one color versus another. So I'm not 100% sure. Unfortunately, tragedy struck on November 16th of 1807 when Chiang Ai died at the age of 39 in Vietnam. And this was just six years after. They had married.
2: Yeah, they haven't been married long. Mm -mm. And she had two kids in six years. Mm -hmm. And legend says that following her
0: husband's death, as his fleet started to disband, she was quoted as saying, under the leadership of a man, you have all chosen to flee. We shall see how you prove yourselves under the hand of a woman.
2: Ooh, trauma bitch. So
0: she quickly went back to her previous name of Xingxi. And she immediately did everything in her power to assume control over her late husband's fleet. Yeah, I
2: bet. You need to keep that community down.
0: Yep. And by 1809, so this would be... Two years later. Two years later. She commanded over 800 large junks and 1,000 smaller ones with a crew of over 70,000 men and
2: women. So she just increased the number of ships significantly. Like doubled the amount of ships, but kept the amount of people. Mm-hmm.
0: Damn. Okay. Xingxi led the Red Flag Fleet and controlled the South China Seas, slowly earning the trust of her lieutenants by sharing her power with them. And with their support, they collected money by raiding ships, camps, Chinese river towns, and coastal villages, demanding contribution. Texas, mm-hmm. pretty much. And they soon controlled the fishing and trading rights all along Guangdong, China and Vietnam.
2: Dang, I suppose they have so many ships. Mm-hmm. You'd just be like, yeah, you can't fish here, bud. <laughs> yep, unless you give us some coin. Yeah. So
0: Xing and her crew successfully escaped every attempt by the government to get her band of pirates under control. Yeah, I bet. They're so big. Yep. And they were eventually offered amnesty for their crimes in addition to offering the pirates positions in the Imperial Navy. But she refused.
2: Well, yeah, she's doing fine on her own. Yeah. Why should she say yes to that? That sounds bonk.
0: Shing pulled on the skills she used as a madam and began cultivating personal relationships to get her rivals to recognize her status and authority. Similarly, she moved quickly to solidify her partnership with her adopted son, Chang Po, with intimacy. Uh... To be fair, he's only eight years her junior.
2: Yeah, but like, I mean, he
0: was her husband's lover.
2: There's a lot of like psychological bullshit that this kid had to go through. Like I just got kidnapped and then I got adopted and then my adopted father wanted to have sex with me. Now my adoptive mother wants to have sex with me. Also, I'm a pirate. <laughs> like, I mean, he could use like talk space you know, <laughs> just to like <laughs> maybe air it out. <laughs> A diary i don't know It'd be a best-selling book i could tell you that yeah so in order to stop her rivals before everything erupted
0: she sought the support of her late husband's most powerful family members because he's part of this famous mm-hmm. pirating family yeah he's generations and generations so she went after his nephew ching pao young and his cousin's son ching shai okay and she drew on the coalition formed by her husband the red fleet by reinforcing the captain's loyalties to her, making her an essential member. Nice. And to remain in control of the Federation, Xing seduced her stepson, Chan Pao, due to his loyalty and ties to her late husband as his heir, mm-hmm. and helped secure him as her second in command.
2: It's all still gross. <laughs> but like I get I get why she's doing it. I know he's not her real son. I, I still like it.
0: Yeah. It was an extremely smart and calculated move on her part, though. Absolutely. Because he actually had, like, super great relationships with all the rest of the pirates, the crew.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he had to work his way up, too, so he was one of them. Yeah,
0: and he is, like, super well-liked and beloved by the pe- the members of this fleet, so yeah, of they course <laughs> they're going to respect they chose him. him.
2: when they kidnapped him.
0: Yeah, they chose, they chose you him. for a reason, farm boy.
2: Right. That's their Pikachu. It's like the Princess Bride, Fon Boy,
0: and now the dread pirate Roberts.
2: Right. Cultural reference. So
0: after assuming control, Xing Shi worked to unify the fleet by issuing a code of laws, which were very strict in addition to being strictly enforced.
2: So she's just kind of creating she's literally creating her own society.
0: Yeah, she's basically building like a floating empire.
2: Yeah. Okay, let's hear it.
0: So as a newly minted pirate lord, she took her duties very seriously and expected her rules to be followed. And the laws were anyone giving orders that did not come down from Xingxi herself or who disobeyed orders from a superior were to be beheaded on the spot and their body thrown overboard.
2: Ooh, okay, so no 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 three strikes are out, got it?
0: Correct. Okay? No one was to steal from the public fund or from any villagers that supported the pirates, the punishment would be beheading and burial at sea. Burial at sea. (laughs) Yeah. AKA, we tossed your body overboard. Right. Like, good luck, bye. If you took shore leave without permission, it was beheading and burial at sea.
2: At least she's consistent. Yep. You're not like, okay, what kind of punishment am I going to (laughs) get? You're just going to die. Like, no matter what. And all
0: goods that were taken as booty had to be presented to the group for inspection. It was then registered by a purser and distributed by the fleet leader. And the original Caesar would receive 20% and the rest would be put into the public fund. So the public fund, based off my understanding of what I read, would be like this collective bank account, basically, where if one of the fleets has some sort of issue and they needed money, they could pull from that public fund.
2: Yeah. So. It's a
0: communist dictatorship. Yep. Actual money was turned over to the squadron leader who would only turn a small portion back to the Caesar. The rest would be used to purchase supplies for unsuccessful ships in the fleet. So everyone was taken care of in essence. Like no like no man left behind. Like even if you guys aren't doing so great because you were attacked by somebody, you know, we'll take care of you. Don't worry, we'll help you out. We got you. If you were caught withholding booty, the first offense was a severe back whipping. Oh, so this is the only one that's different. Mm hmm. OK. If you withheld a large amount of treasure or committed other offenses, the punishment was death.
2: I wonder why she was like lenient with that. Maybe en- enough people had tried it that she was like, I'd be killing a lot of people if I did this.
0: Yeah, maybe. And because she had been a captive once herself, she had special rules for female captives. The standard practice was to release the women. But that wasn't always the case. Pirates tended to make the most beautiful captives their concubines or wives.
2: Of course. If
0: a pirate took a wife, he was expected to be faithful to her and provide for her, no questions asked. So if they weren't...
2: Beheading in sea burial?
0: Yep. Nice. I suppose if you were going to be held captive, this would be the best thing for you. Any female captives that were deemed unattractive were either released or ransomed. Bummer. So if you're going to be... Uh, kidnapped you would probably kind of want to be ugly yeah if you want to be let go yeah if a pirate raped a female captive he was immediately put to death but if the pirate had consensual sex with a captive while he was on duty that pirate was beheaded and the woman he laid with would have cannonballs attached to her legs and be thrown overboard holy shit yeah so like no crushes allowed damn well, you could have crushes. You just can't be getting getting busy when you're supposed to be working. You do that on your off time, man. Dang. Other punishments for violations included flogging, clapping in irons, or quartering. Oh, which is a great a great one. Um, deserters or anyone who left without official permission would have their ears chopped off and were then paraded around their squadron. So by instituting and sticking to the strict code of conduct, Xingxi Shi was able to amass a pirate empire that is unrivaled in history yeah. for its fearsomeness, wealth, and communal spirit, which helped solidify her title as the terror of the South China Seas. Yeah. Uh, under her command, the fleet established dominion over many coastal villages in China, and they even imposed levies and taxes in some. In the coastal village of Sun Xin, they beheaded 80 men and abducted their women and children, holding them for ransom until they were eventually sold into slavery. Aww. And I believe if I'm remembering right, they did that because um, the people in the village refused to sort of play, play along and pay taxes and stuff.
2: But like slavery is the next step. Like, damn. Mm-hmm.
0: Their claims That Shang Shi would cruelly punish those who opposed her by nailing their feet to her ship's deck and beating them.
2: I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Yeah. Honestly. And others claim she was an opium smuggler, but I didn't see any documentation that like backed that claim up.
2: Well, and if anything, it's kind of bound to happen with Mm -hmm. with the amount of people that she had and the amount of fleets. Like if there was opium there was opium.
0: I mean, that might have been part of what they were doing, but it wasn't the sole thing that she was doing. Right. So by January of 1808, the Chinese government had had enough, and they set about trying to destroy her fleet in a series of fierce battles. However, Xing Shi was able to take over their ships and keep their spoils. In fact, she not only defeated their armada, but captured 63 large ships and commandeered the, the crew, which, again, they were given the option to either be nailed to the ship and beaten to death or join her pirate crew. So you can probably imagine how many of them chose to sign up. Yeah. And the admiral of that fleet, Quoling, chose to commit suicide rather than be captured by her. Wow. Because he probably knew it wasn't going to be coming towards him if he would have stayed. Yeah. At the same time, Xingqi was facing attacks from other pirate fleets. One in particular was the Opo Tiei, a former ally that began working for the Qing government. And following this battle, she was forced to retreat from the coast. For several years, the Red Flag Fleet was unstoppable under Xingxi's rule, even under the threat of the Qing dynasty Chinese officials and their Portuguese and British bounty hunters that they hired. In fact, she captured an officer of the East India Company, a Mr. Richard Glasspool, and seven British sailors on his ship, the Marquis of Eli, in 1809. Okay. This is a really fun fact. The government even sent suicide boats after her, which were basically boats loaded up with straw and explosives that, were, that they set on fire. And the red flags not only extinguished the flames, but also repaired the ships and incorporated them <laughs> into their fleet. So in, in the end, all she lost was 40 men, but not a single ship.
2: Wow. Insane. Isn't
0: that crazy? Wow. God, she's such a badass. Yeah. And in the fall of 1809, Xing Shi and Xiang Pao, their fleet suffered a series of defeats at the hands of the Portuguese Navy. Mm. And this was at the Battle of the Tiger's Mouth. Okay. The battle went on for three weeks straight, and unfortunately, there was no way for them to hold out forever. Mm. So in their final battle, battle of Czech Lepkog in 1810, they surrendered to the Portuguese navy on January 21st and later accepted amnesty from the Qing imperial government. So originally, Qingxi refused the terms before unexpectedly showing up at the home of the governor general of Canton (laughs) to work out a treaty. Right. Because you know how she is. Right. The condition was that all pirates who accepted surrender would disband which would end their pirate pirating careers. Mm -hmm. They would give up the majority of their ships. And in return, they would be allowed to keep the loot they had acquired during their time as pirates. Nice. The amnesty allowed only 60 pirates to be banished while 151 were exiled and only 126 were put to death of her whole fleet of 17,318 pirates.
2: That's not bad. No. Like, it's not great. Like, it's not great. No. But it could have been a lot worse. Yep. And all the
0: remaining men had to do to get amnesty was just surrender their weapons. Wow. That's crazy. And following her pardon, Xing Shi negotiated for Chiang Po to retain control of several ships, which included 120 that would be used for the salt trade, which was a really big deal at that time. Yeah. And she also used her powers of persuasion to secure positions in the Chinese bureaucracy for Zhang Po and several of her pirates. Nice. She also requested that the government recognize her as the wife of Zhang Po, which was a really big deal since there were restrictions against widows remarrying at that time.
2: And like remarrying your son.
0: Well, yeah. And surprisingly, her request was granted and she actually acquired the noble title Lady by Imperial Decree, which entitled her to various legal protections as a member of the aristocracy. Wow. And in eighteen thirteen, she bore Chang Po a son named Cheng Yulin. Okay. Hey. And she later had a daughter, but we know like nothing about her. Hmm. Don't know when she was born, what her name is, none of that. Because oh she's a girl, so how would we care? Right? Right. Of course. Even though her mom
2: is like a total badass, whatever. Right. In eighteen twenty-two.
0: At the age of 39, Chang Po died at sea. Following this, Xing Shi moved their family to Macau and opened a gambling house and brothel. Back to the original plan. Well, Do what you know, right? Right. She was also involved in the local salt trade. Later in life, she served for a time as an advisor to Lin Zexu as he battled the British Army during the First Opium War, which broke out in 1839. Okay. And she died at the age of 69, surrounded by family in 1844, making her one of the few pirate lords in history to die of old age.
2: Wow. That's crazy. Isn't she cool? She's super cool. So that's the life and times of Xingqiu. That's incredible. Any other thoughts? Why didn't we hear any of this? I mean, they they were so big. That it's like we we didn't even get like a paragraph in our social studies book. Like not even like a fun fact. (laughs) There was a female pirate
0: in China. Well, not only that, but when I was doing my research, there was not much about her at all out there, really. Hmm. I mean, I know there have been some books written about it. Yeah. But I mean, there really wasn't a whole lot about her online. That's crazy. But yeah, I just thought, for one, what an awesome achievement for a woman in that time. Yeah. And especially a woman of color. Like, I mean, granted she was in her home area, her home region, right. in country of China, but even still, I mean, to go from a sex worker
2: to a pirate Lord leading a fleet. Yeah. A pirate Lord of like at, at her peak was 70,000 people. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: And I did read on one of the sites, um, you know, in that one Pirates of the Caribbean movie where they have the meeting of the different pirate lords, kind of vaguely,
2: the female Chinese pirate lord—that's her.
1: Was
0: a re- was a reference to Xingxi?
2: Wow! They should do a Pirates of the Caribbean movie on her, right? When Maddie and I first came up with the idea for this podcast,
0: I had no idea where to start. What platform should I host it on? How do I get us listed or track my statistics? And that's where Buzzsprout came in.
2: Buzzsprout is the trusted host for over 100,000 podcasters. And it was easy to see why. With their directory integrations, it was simple to ensure content being published on platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. From day
0: one, I've been so impressed with how easy it was to get set up. And their customer support team has been so quick at getting back to me whenever I had a question or needed help. Not only that, But being able to get a comprehensive list of statistics on our show performance has been a fascinating read.
2: If you're interested in starting a podcast of your own or making the switch to a new provider, please click the link on our show notes and get a $20 Amazon gift card when you sign up for a paid plan. Bonus, by clicking on our unique URL, you help support our show, which means we'll love you forever. So why not get started today?
0: We did and couldn't be happier. Buzzsprout, the best way to launch a professional podcast.
2: Do it
0: i actually have a listener story this week you have a listener story i do let's hear it this is our first one thank you who's it from this is from effie okay so and she sent us this after she listened to the um trans allegheny episode
2: so the first one Mm -hmm. okay so effie says it's gonna
0: be long and i apologize in advance Don't ever apologize.
2: Don't ever apologize. We
0: love stories. Yep. So we live in Taunton, Massachusetts. We have had a strangely large number of asylums over the centuries. Fair enough. And Taunton State Hospital, I think it used to be called a lunatic asylum back in the day, is one. All right. The original structures were Kirkbrides, and some still stand and are still in use. Our BFF Kirkbride. Right. My mother and sister in law both work there. Okay. My sister in law has this creepy ass story about this one section she works in occasionally. The thing that has happened to her had happened exactly the same way to other co workers there. So you'll just be walking on your rounds and everyone is asleep or being quiet, and then you hear crying. Hmm. So you go look for it, and it ends up coming from a room that they don't keep patients in because everyone says it's haunted oh, as F. Fine. Cool. So they'll look in, and there's a woman just sitting and crying. Or sometimes if you walk by, she'll be pressed up against the glass looking at you.
2: Nope. So that's fun. Nope. So she's just like pressed against the, gu- the glass crying. Yeah. At you? Yeah.
0: Well, nope. That property is huge. And a lot of the buildings were dilapidated when my husband and I were teenagers. We used to cut class and explore them all. Say, they totally checked it out. Yeah. And she said weird shit happened to all of us in there. My husband even brought something home from, from there when we were like 16 to 17. Don't do that. And it ended up doing weird shit and causing scary things to happen in their house. Yeah. Put it back. Yeah. The house ended up burning to the
2: ground not long after. You, you, that's why you don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't even. Wow. Um, does insurance cover haunted objects starting I don't your know. house on fire? Is there a policy for that? It's not a random act of God. And then
0: Effie continues, I tried to Google the article about the house fire but couldn't find it. His mom is on our paper's cover page for this. Oh, and I forgot to mention that Lizzie Borden was housed at this property during her trial. Did she did she give it five stars on Google? I hope she gave it a really nice Yelp review. Nice. Another is Taunton Nursing Home. I'm not entirely sure what it used to be called. The city, and she's like, I don't know how to explain. They just kind of pretend it doesn't exist.
2: The nursing home?
0: Yeah. No one ever wants to talk about it. And the powers that be are talking quietly about closing it. I've only been in once. Wait, so it's open? It's open. And people don't talk about it?
2: Like people are there.
0: People are there and they just don't talk about what goes on there.
2: I don't like that.
0: She says, I've only been in once and some of the worst vibes I have ever felt in my life the entire time I was there visiting my husband's vavo or grandfather. We all felt like we wicked needed to go the whole time we were there. I can't even really explain it.
2: How did the grandfather feel? I have no idea. Could you imagine being stuck somewhere like that? No. (sighs) And she said, and last
0: but never, ever least here in Taunton. I don't believe Mr. Kirkbride had anything to do with Paul Dever, but I just had to tell you guys about this place. It was a huge property, like a dozen buildings spread out, a gym, cafeteria, administration buildings, obviously buildings for patients to live, all that jazz. Yep. There were insane tunnels under the entire property. They were used... (laughs)
2: Like the University of Minnesota.
0: (laughs) Yeah, only probably not (laughs) as fun.
2: Just for the cold. (laughs) Yep.
0: Yep. They were used for staff mostly to get from one building to another during New England winters because it's cold. And in later years, they would be used for scary reasons. The typical story, unfortunately, of these places where it was supposed to house X amount of people but ended up with approximately three times that amount. So during state inspections, they would hide patients down there so the state counts would be what they were supposed to be.
2: So they would just shove a bunch of people in these tunnels yeah wait until the officials would leave yeah
0: and she said abuses left right and center yeah allegedly there was a murderer on site years and years ago would have been a perfect place he raped and murdered a young developmentally disabled woman and dismembered her allegedly sounds about right yeah it was in use right up until it was raised a few years ago. And anyone I know in the city who worked there refuses to talk about it at all, ever. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. We used to explore the old buildings that were decommissioned between the 70s and 80s, thanks to JFK and Reagan, and Reagan for not caring about unwell people. Yep. We used to explore the tunnels also. A lot of the homeless community lives down there today. Uh. And she says, only shit, I wrote a lot. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. No, thank you. And she says, we're also right smack in the middle of the Bridgewater Triangle, a 15-minute ride from the haunted-ass Freetown State Forest. Apparently, cult murder happens there. Okay. And there's a famous story from the 80s involved in there. All right. The ledge is in there, which is also super haunted. Shad Factory Mill is haunted AF and close to us. The famous red-headed hitchhiker ghost that they've seen. you have seen it? that they she's seen it apparently if you ever need a story from anything around here herself and her husband have one or we know someone who has a story sorry again it's so long be safe and well effie effie you're the best give us all of the stories that's what i told her i was like i want to hear all of these stories Mm -hmm. even if we don't read all of them like in the podcast i want to hear
2: all these stories can i just have them (laughs) (laughs) can you just just email them to us yeah! wow so Massachusetts is fucked yeah
0: as soon as I read Bridgewater Triangle I was like yeah you're you're in the danger zone buddy that's yep. a lot of fucked up shit happens over there wow
2: we just have bears <laughs> and ground bees sometimes oh yeah we have ground bees yeah
0: a bunch of assholes <laughs> I'm saying that because I was telling Maddie before we started recording that I got stung the other day by a ground bee and I think I'm slightly allergic because my ankle is all swollen now and it itches and it's hard underneath so
2: always fun yep super fun uh
0: so this week's podcast plug is studying scarlet by ashley rosewood and jessica cerise and they explore the world of true crime every other tuesday and they have fictitious criminals on alternating fridays cool so we encourage you to give them a listen and we will include a link in the show notes.
2: Go check it out. Yeah. Fictitious Friday it sounds cool. Yeah. So what's a fun thing? What fun thing you got? Fun thing you got. Well, it's not like super fun, but um I finally got a dentist appointment. Nice. <laughs> not fun at all, but like so I I chipped a tooth in March a week before the stay at home order happened and they canceled my appointment because it was at the end of March and I've called and they wouldn't reschedule, wouldn't reschedule. They didn't have time, weren't open. It's fine. So finally I looked it up, found a dentist that's three blocks away, takes my insurance and I'll see him on Tuesday. (laughs) So it's like, dentist on Tuesday too. I was like I really really am upset that like I could have had you know the other half of my tooth uh several months ago. <laughs> <laughs> I would have looked down the street. Um so hopefully that goes well. Um, cuz it's just to the point where like it needs to be fixed. It just needs yeah. to be fixed. Like I'm noticing it and with all of the like crazy weather stuff, like you get pressure in your face and not super fun. Um, but fun thing. I don't know. My birthday is soon. Our birth, our birthday celebrations are coming up. Mm -hmm. So just kind of looking forward to that, having some family time. The presents I ordered for you came this weekend. Nice. The present I ordered you is coming, (laughs) but it's, it's this really weird, like it was like it shipped. And then I look at the tracking and it's like label created two weeks ago. And I'm like, i love those uh so is it on a is it on a truck or a conveyor belt somewhere like i'm not sure so it's on its way um it's somewhere yeah hopefully it comes by your birthday i don't know we'll see what about you what's a fun thing for you oh i signed
0: us up for this um podcasting bracket thing where it's like uh it's like a podcasting like tournament they're going to take like independent podcasters and it's you know you compete against other podcasts, and then if you move on to the like a basketball tournament
2: we're going to compete with other podcasts yes we are oh see who can be the best but like what about my (laughs) self-esteem
0: well maybe we'll win we don't know maybe i don't know this is me saying you should vote for us
2: (laughs) (laughs) don't make maddie cry
0: (laughs) so if you're on twitter you need to follow the bracketeers we will be sharing information about this on our twitter so
2: please vote for us crazy Mm -hmm. cool though
0: yeah and in other news i'm working on some merch ideas so once I have those figured out, I will be posting a poll on our Patreon to see which merch we're going to do first, so we can get that going. Cool. And um, I think it's going to be really cool. I'm really excited to
2: start doing merch. I want to do face masks and thongs. I'm I'm all on board with the face mask. I don't, what would I you mean, want in a thong? If you if you try hard enough, your face mask could be a thong. I suppose. Be like a banana hammock. Yeah. I don't know why. I just think it would be really funny if somebody wore us as underwear. Should we wrap it up?
0: Sure. Oh, I did want to plug that next week. Oh, I have two things. Sorry. I'm going to rewind. Back it up. I wanted to ask you. Me. Specifically? Specifically you. Okay. To give me three topics you want me to cover in August, since it's our birthday month. Okay. You can't pick the first one because I already have it figured out and I've already done like... Half the notes? 75. 5% five percent of the research so that's a no okay and that one is an episode recording for next week with emily from the drink drunk dead podcast hey friends our friend so and that's gonna be about cults
2: Ooh.
0: i actually found an old-timey doomsday cult that i'm gonna be covering old-timey cults old-timey cults So, you get to percolate on the types of topics you want me to cover.
2: Ooh, haunted coffee. Are there any haunted coffee pots from the 1900s? Haunted coffee pots. I'll have to Google that. It's our birthday's. It's our birthday month. So, I'm going to
0: say and request as birthday gifts for the both of us, since we really like getting listener stories. Oh You guys. (laughs) That was that disappointed
2: thing. I was going to ask for a trampoline. (laughs) Can you be a boxing trampoline for my birthday, please?
0: Oh my God. Put it on an Amazon wish list so no one knows where you live. Oh god. Well, the less expensive version is we're gonna be doing episodes picked by Maddie to celebrate our birthday month.
2: Yeah, listener stories, that works too. <laughs> Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> oh, man. oh, God. Shall we
0: shut her down? Yeah. You can find us online at yieldcrimepodcast.com Crime and follow us on social media at YieldCrimePod Crime Pod on Twitter and Yield Crime Podcast on Instagram. You can also email us at YieldCrimePodcast Crime Podcast at gmail.com. Again, for the month of August, we're looking for listener stories. It can be like Effie, where you just tell us about places around you that have like creepy weird things going on or have something interesting in their history that you want to share it doesn't have to be you know anything super crazy or long we just want to hear from you guys
2: yeah can even just like say hi yeah or if you just want
0: to email us and tell us happy birthday or that we're pretty we'll read those too and if you're enjoying the podcast so far please consider giving us a five-star rating or review on apple podcasts or wherever you listen because that really helps us out it warms our hearts and um makes us feel good we are an independent podcast we do not have any we don't get any cash money from this so if you really like us you can also support us at yield crime podcast on patreon i am working on content for that i promise it's not just uh it's not just lip service
2: this is more like an iou <laughs> if you if you get us the trampoline we'll publish more. <laughs> Can you Patreon that? Is that a thing people do?
0: We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about if you buy Maddie a trampoline
2: like a paddle boat.
0: And as always, I'm Lindsay.
2: <laughs> I'm Madison.